0: Welcome to the Leanne Hart Podcast. Leanne is a mighty servant to God who wears many hats. She is a wife to J.W. Hart, the Iron Man of professional bull riding, a loving mother, and a bucking bull stock contractor alongside of her husband at Hart Cattle Company. But that's not all. She's an inspirational speaker, pastor, singer, songwriter, worship leader, and a beautiful sister in Christ. After the podcast is over, make sure you give it a like and a share, and please subscribe and review this podcast. Without further ado, I introduce you to your host, a true Holy Spirit hustler, a lovely and passionate woman, Miss Leanne Hart.
1: Hey everybody, this is Leanne Hart with Leanne Hart Ministries and you guys are in for a treat today. I am sitting here with my girl Jazz and I totally threw her on the spot because it's, first of all, your birthday yes. today, birthday, and we're going to a birthday dinner tonight, but here she is at the house. We've been trying to get together to do a podcast because I believe everybody has got a story to tell and Jazz absolutely has a story to tell and we've been trying to orchestrate this now for months.
2: Forever.
1: Forever. And I approached you with doing a podcast a long time ago and yeah. I said, Pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. And finally when you did come, you were like, okay, I think I'm ready. It's literally been months since that yeah. point. It's been and a while. it's been a minute. So Jazz, welcome. Hey
2: you're share
1: yourself. Yes. You can just share all of yourself because I all think that myself. there's so much to to share by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony
2: yes so it's my birthday yay um uh, i'm 28 grew up in Ardmore, oklahoma um and throughout 28 years i feel like i've experienced so much life um and it's not all been good um so just crazy life you know like was raised In a big family um, started out with three of us and then it got very big just because my parents split like when I was very young, I think I was 11 years old. And so then step parents got involved. um, And so I just like have grown to be a big sister of eight younger sisters. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's crazy. Um, But just growing up like so much life happened. Um, When my parents split, it was because my dad was in and out of prison like, consistently. He sold drugs for inquiring minds. Nothing crazy, but still wasn't right. Um, sold drugs for inquiring minds. Nothing crazy. Nothing, he was in prison. Yeah. You know, like, it was life. I mean, you know, it could have been worse. <laughs> could have been a lot worse. Um, so I had to tell the inquiring minds while he was in prison. And so, um, that, like, I didn't realize how much that would affect me, like, growing up, like, mm. you grow up without a father. And like, it's one of the most crucial things. So for all the dads listening, it's so crucial to be in your baby girl's lives, um, and in your son's as well. But like, I didn't realize like what that was doing, like mentally, and yeah. like all the things that I was going to face without my dad. And so fast forward, like dad was in and out of prison. It was so crazy that I started to remember the license plate number because we went every Saturday, me, mom, grandma, brother, sister. Um, And I remember the license plate number. Like that was the thing. You got to the gate and they're like, what's your license plate number? And they'd write it down. (laughs) Um, And so don't remember it now. but (laughs) (laughs) I still remember my very first landline number as a kid. I do know that. I do know that. Yeah. Oh, I can't say it, because still it for AT&T. Somebody's thinking about it right now. Like yeah. you're thinking Someone's about it. I was like, what is happening? What was that? Um and so I just memorized that. But then um when I like was growing up I became thirteen and I was um raped and molested like by a family member, like consistently. Um I and think that,
1: that Yeah. You saying I was thirteen, I was raped, I was molested by a family member is so common. Yeah, the stats for that is so much more common than we can ever imagine. Yeah, you can never be too careful with who you leave your care, your kids in the care of. Yeah, that's so good. But I don't think that we realize that along while well, you know years ago. Like I don't yeah. think, especially <clears throat> if you're doing life with people, life gets fast. You don't think about that yeah. that it could be somebody in. Your family circle, or your even your friend circle. Yeah, you know, and and I'm pretty. I'm like I'm like that mama bear. I you are. Know.
2: You're even a mama bear to me, big yeah. sister bear, mama bear, whatever <laughs> I need you to be. But I just think like, in, even looking back now, I just think like we, when it comes to our family, like we just trust everyone in our family. Like yeah. you just never think you're going to be hurt by someone in your family. Right.
1: But I bet there's a lot of listeners yeah. that have experienced family hurt for sure just like there's a lot of people that have experienced church
2: hurt yeah absolutely people hurt It's (laughs) people hurt hurt people of Mm -hmm. the world um and so like was raped and molested by a family member went on for about a year um kept quiet about it forever um probably up until i don't know like in my 20s and like i just started confiding in friends about it really to just like try to heal from it um because i didn't realize I hope that somebody caught that that you were
1: confiding in people to try to heal, yeah, heal from that, and I think that when we when we think about our go to that friend circle is really important, who we do confide into, yeah, what they're pouring back into us, how they're encouraging us,
2: yeah, how they're helping to lead us, like straight, and I mean, I did it to people that lead you back to Jesus, you got to mm-hmm. confide in those people that lead mm-hmm. you back and point you back to Jesus. Um and so like going through that and then going through like my dad being in prison like it was just all building up like never healed until I got older. Um and so it was just one of those things I felt like I was the kid cuz in my family like you don't talk about things like you don't talk about family business it's sacred. you just keep it in the family. And so it was something like when I went off to school or like to youth group or to hang out with friends, or, like, stay the night. Like, it was always in the back of my mind, Mm -hmm. but, like, in the front of my mind, too. Like, because the front of me, like, wanted to say, but, like, in the back, I was just like, oh, like, got to keep it in the family circle. Um, And so, like, was just walking through. I don't even know why we do that. Yeah, right. Why we have to keep it in this
1: family circle. It it feels safe, but it's not.
2: Yeah. It's not safe. Yeah. It's just tearing you down. Mm. (laughs) Um, And so dealt with that and but I didn't realize the pattern that that was bringing up in my life and just like even like I think when you think of like generational curses you know just like all the things that it was like bringing and how that was going to transpire into my older self and when I say older I just mean like my teenage self um and so then I like went through that and in the midst of that like I went through a lot of loss like I started losing people at such an early age I remember, like, death and, like, people transitioning into heaven came on so early. So there was just so much. Um, And I didn't have a strong background in, like, faith because my, I mean, the only person in my family at the time that went to church was my great-grandmother, Betty. She's my favorite person in the world. Everyone knows Betty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Favorite person in the world. But, like, she went to this little church on the corner, Sunrise Baptist um, and I was 10 years old, but I was too old for the youth group, mm-hmm. but like, there was no children's church. You was, were too young for the I youth. I mean, too young yeah. for the youth group. Um, and it, there was like no children's church. And so I just remember like, I would go in Um, And hang out with the youth group because you know what? What do you do when your grandma's like singing in the choir, doing all the things? (laughs) For the record, can't sing. Betty can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're saying you can't sing. I can't sing. Betty can sing. Betty can sing. Mm. Jazz cannot sing. I would, I would argue
1: that you got a little bass going on. You got some Chandler somewhere, Dante. I don't know. There's
2: some of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You uh, can rock the beat. they're like what is happening um and so but i went and i didn't understand anything that was going on i was 10 and like they're like 13 to 18 they're older and so i had like no idea what was happening um but like it never like sparked my faith um until i remember revan horn at the time like held up a bible and he was like you need to read this book like and read the red And I don't know, read the red, read the red, you know, Jesus said, Mm -hmm. um, what he said. (laughs) Pastor Jeff
1: this past weekend in Damascus talked about that and, and reading the red. Yeah. Who has read in their Bible? You know, who's got the letters in red and what he said
2: and the conference was what he said versus what we think. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's a word, um, in a sentence, a word in a sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember him saying that and I was 10 at the time. And I was like, okay, I got to read the red, And so I actually remember me sitting. I remember what I had on. I had on this two-piece light blue and purple skirt and shirt set. It's cute. And I remember reading the story of Ruth. <laughs> like, wow. I remember sitting in the pew reading the story of Ruth. I don't really remember what I gathered at the time because I was 10. But I remember reading the story <laughs> of Ruth because that's what they were talking about um, in youth. But so, like, went there And then after, like, my grandma left the church, like, when I was 11, and so it was like, I went to church, like, heard a little bit about it, didn't really understand it because I was so young, um, but just knew that I needed to get into the red. But it wasn't up until I was 12 that my aunt, she picked me up on a church bus, and she was like, you want to go to church with me? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. And she was like, I'll get you ice cream at Brahms afterwards. (laughs) Sold yeah so it was the ice cream. it was the ice cream stand. there yes. you go and so she picked me up in the church bus and I remember us dropping all the kids off and um I sat in the parking lot with her and I was like I don't want to go in here I don't know nobody in here it's Krista Rock Cathedral and I was like I don't know a single person in here don't want to go in here and she's like just give it a shot like church saved my life um I won't reveal her name they probably know her now but It saved her life because she was a prostitute. And so, like, it was just so beautiful. Um, But I was like, okay. And I remember I went into church. And it was just something beautiful about being in there. Just the way, like, the youth group and one of my greatest friends, Aaliyah. I'll never forget her walking up to me. And she was like, I like your shoes. You want to be friends? And I was like, yeah, like let's be friends. And so, in that moment on, that's when I really, like, started to dig into who God was. But I didn't also understand, like, everything I was going to experience after digging.
1: I think that's yeah. something for everybody to yeah. you know. You get salvation. You get saved. You yeah. feel set free. But yeah. you don't quite. It's almost like, how do I maintain this? Yeah. What's the maintenance going to be like yeah. daily? Just, yeah. like, for your hair or for your fingernails or yeah. for anything. There's there's a maintenance. There's the daily maintenance. That's we, so yeah.
2: good. And it's so good that you say that because I actually went to church camp, um, I think, the summer after that. And I remember being filled with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and I remember giving my life to Christ. And I just remember thinking that everything was going to be beautiful, right? Because I think a lot of times, especially when we're young and we give our lives to Christ, yes. like we think like it's just a walk in the park from here. And it was everything but that after that. And I had already experienced so much life prior to that that I actually thought like me giving to my life to Christ was gonna stop. Like, and
1: you mean experience life with your parents going yeah. to jail and like yeah. the separation and drugs and just the whole atmosphere all the things
2: (laughs) yeah and so um i did that at 13 and then like 14 hit became a freshman in high school trying to find my way um was still going to church still like was faithful into church faithful into the youth group doing all the things um but that's when i really realized how broken i had become and how hurt i was from like the trauma Mm -hmm. of my childhood um, and so in the midst of that, that's when I chose, like, cause life didn't stop. My daddy got out of prison and then went back to jail. Yeah. And I remember like I had ward and I had prayed like in church and I was like, I'm saved. Like I got a prayer language, like nothing, nothing yeah. bad's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And so, it was my dad going back to prison when I was 14, like, after, like, giving my life to Christ at 13, and realizing that, like, life was still going to happen, Yeah, but you still get to choose to be rooted in the Father, no matter if life was happening. And for me, like, I didn't choose that. Um, And so, like, it really hurt, like, me as a young, um, as a young 14-year-old. And so, I went to the world. Like, I became really crazy, not, like... People were probably like, Sh, "What the crap did she do?" But <laughs> <laughs> I became crazy in the fact of like I went to bonfires every Saturday. Like I found older friends that would like buy me alcohol. Um, I like got into like these little crazy relationships. What? So you just
1: did with all yeah. teenagers. Yeah, people. yeah,
2: you know. Yeah, I, yeah I we run the do, opposite direction. Right.
1: Sin is fun for a season. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> and it was fun like for a was, season. Yeah. Sometimes that season lasts it's longer <laughs> than. You thought it was going to last. I didn't think it was going to be that long. Um, and so I became 14, and I just went into the weight of the world. I decided to live in sin. Like, I thought it was extremely fun at the time. Um, but then at 15, I had met this guy, and I thought he was, like, heads over heels. He is older than me. Um, and just by a couple of years, and I, like, immersed myself in this guy.
1: That's a great word. Yes. Yeah. Completely sold out
2: completely sold out it was like that was my jesus like was this dude that was my jesus and so we were like in i really wouldn't call it a relationship at first it was just one of those things where i was this 14 year old girl like loving thinking i was loving this dude and so we like were on and off for a while and then um long story short like i turned 18 got pregnant, a lot of people, like, don't even know this, and had an abortion, like, by, like, with this dude, and I went to the clinic by myself, like, it was something, like, I didn't take anyone with me, like, I was gonna hide it, Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where, you know, I feel like if you grow up in church, you have this weight of, like, you can't do anything wrong, and, like, that's That's really, like, how I felt for the longest time, like, I felt like I couldn't do anything wrong, like, I had to paint another picture Mm -hmm. of life, Um, and so, I didn't tell anyone like I did it like I dealt with it like and I just kept going through life like that was my thing all my life like I was just gonna keep going through life I was gonna shove it down and keep going through life um, and so ended up doing that and I remember actually sitting in the waiting room and I had prayed to the father to just help me mm-hmm. and I in that moment like I felt so much peace to be able to know that he was still there like I had did all these things like party drink Wild, was out in bonfires, passing out in fields, ended up in yeah. hospital rooms, like all the things. And I had felt so disconnected from the father, but realizing that he was still so connected. Mm-hmm. And so sitting in that waiting room, and even though I still went through with the abortion, like I knew that he was there with me through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until then I understood like the revelation of the fact that like he loves us anyways. Yeah. You know, um, because I thought just... If I did something bad, like, he wasn't going to love me anymore, you know? And, it like, and I, I mean, I had father issues. He went to prison, and so it was in my head. Like, you know, he was going to leave. Like, God was going to leave. My daddy left. Do you feel like
1: that, even the father issues that you had, gave you a misunderstanding of even men in general?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I didn't ever see a guy as constant because my dad was gone. Like, I didn't even see God as constant. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, for me, like, I looked at... God, the same way I looked at my daddy, like someone that was going to show up and be there one moment for me and then was going to leave the next or someone that was going to like hold my hand through something hard, but not be able to hold it through the next thing. Mm -hmm. And so it did. It created a lot of issues. And I really do believe that was one of the things that hindered like my walk with the father for a long time. Yeah. Because I was mad at my daddy, but it made me mad at the father. Right. Um, and uh, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't understand in graphs either. That I was like, God, like, why are you not changing him? And you've got
1: had good people around yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. Because you've got Matt, you've got Amanda, yeah. you know, the i I've had and them since they were twelve. Yeah. So you've had you've had these examples, but yeah, it can. I know as a foster parent that it can still be hard when that may not be like that's not my dad. Yeah. Like my natural dad, and yeah. you have this yearning you know, that you have. And I'm not, I mean, just in general, like a yeah. picture, a painted picture of that. And I think that God allows us to go through, through, through those seasons of misunderstanding who he is. Yeah. And, and then drawing us back unto him. And he's the, he's the, he's, he's, he's like, you're the prodigal and you're, I'm going to run to you. Like, yeah. I can't wait for you to run to me. Yeah, you know, that's so good. It, it, it That's just who he is. Yeah. That's, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a relational thing with the father. Yeah. You know, like it's like you don't even understand that if you're not active in that yeah. in that relationship with him.
2: I mean, I think like even if you're not active in the communication with him,
1: you can be a Christian and not be yeah. active.
2: Right. That's good word. <laughs> <laughs> word.
1: You know, because you just said that. Yeah. That's, and that's the story of of uh, of life. A lot yeah. of times, like you you could you knew that he was walking with you, but you were angry. You yeah. were in and, and we choose our own way a lot yeah and you did it anyway and what what did that when you and i want to talk a little bit about the abortion just for a minute because we are and i told you this earlier like we we're in a in a gosh we're in a time that we've never been in before that we have never been in before i think that there's a constantly been a um the enemy is obviously same pattern, same plan. Yeah. Kill, steal, destroy. All the time. But it's even greater now, it feels like, because his time is running out. And mm-hmm. so you see the pressure that he's putting on women. Mm-hmm. Um, just like what we see all over the country when it comes to the abortion. Like yeah. They want to be able to freely do this. And it's so m- full of malice and hate and... It's just so aggressive. It's so overwhelming sometimes when you think about it. And I was thinking about this, and I just want your take on it. Like, you know, when you think about God made Adam, Mm -hmm. and he made Adam in his image. So, you know, man is a replica of of an image bearer to God. Right. You think of women as, you know... They're, they're they reproduce the image bearers. Yeah. So there's such an attack on on women, but there's also an equal attack on men. Yeah. But if there was ever just Adam, there would have never been you or right. me. Right. You know. And so there's when you think about women who how would you how would you mentor someone that's either gone through an abortion and coming back to Christ or gone through um, or, or thinking about that because of the fear of raising a child or this uh-oh or how 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 precious life is like how do yeah. you what what what's your thoughts on some of that
2: yeah I actually like have thought through that a lot you know cause just like after experiencing it it's like I don't ever want someone else to have to experience that I don't want to ever want someone else to have to go through that and so I think you know the biggest thing is how do you communicate to them out of love but then like how do you become the example You know, like how do you become the Jesus that they see in the midst of that and just taking them to the word and some people don't want to hear it. Like, I mean, I look back, like if you if I was in the midst of that and you probably would have took me to the word, like I wouldn't have wanted to hear it. But how you communicated it, I would have received it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, And so and I also think just allowing them to know that they aren't alone.
1: So you need to we all need to evaluate how do I communicate? Am I a good communicator? And communicating is very important.
2: Yeah, I think it goes just to the thought of... Communicate compassion. Yeah, and just to the thought of, like, your message. It can be, like, spot on. But if your delivery is not clear, your message is not received. And if your delivery is not out of love, like, I'm not receiving that message. And so I think it is, like, how do we communicate out of love and out of grace? And just like the Father would do, you know? And so I just think, like, that is... Like, when I think of, like, mentoring or just walking someone through that, like, how am I love? Like, how am I the love of Jesus to them? Um, And allowing them to, like, back to saying that they're not alone, just allowing them to know that the Father is there, like, and really pointing them back to Jesus in the midst of it.
1: Do you feel like there was a sense where you had to allow yourself to first, you can't give that love if you're not allowing yourself to receive that kind of love? Yeah. You know, we can talk a little bit about how you and I, are walking through discipleship, yeah. mentorship. And yeah. so if anybody listened to Burton and <laughs> podcast last week. It's so good. Yeah, you know, so they good. would have heard the questions that yeah. were asked. Well, you got sent the same questions right. because I sent those questions to you. And one of the things that you responded was, I do take correction, but if you give it to me in the wrong tone, not so much. Yeah, You know, but that comes from where?
2: I think it comes from just like the hurt. Mm-hmm. And not, like, just realizing the fact that, like, people can give correction in a very serious tone. I mean, you've done it. Yeah. Like, you've done it to me. But just, yeah. like, understanding that it is love. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. In, in, in building that relationship. Yeah, for sure. I was talking on the back of the Buck and Shoots yesterday with someone. And we were talking about the healing process, uh-huh. and he and he was walking through some healing. When I say bucking shoots, for those of you that are listening that don't know what I'm talking about, like, we raise bucking bulls for a living. And my husband broke his wrist a few weeks ago, and so he can't actually flank a bucking bull too well right now. Yeah. So I got called from homeschooling, Why me and year? my tennis shoes on the back of the bucking shoots to go flank some bulls <laughs> for him. And I was talking to one of the guys who. Was injured a few weeks ago in yeah. his healing process, and he started to say some names that are bull rider guys. Okay. These are you know guys that are have make a living their careers in bull riding. Yeah, and he started to compare himself to their healing. Yeah, and it was almost like I could hear a hindering of their healing because of his comparison to theirs. That's he was so being good. very cautious of certain things because of the way that that he felt like well, my injury is there, and we can sometimes do that we partner with other people's stories and, yeah. and we forget God gave you your own and you're yeah. not going to heal. You may not grieve as long as someone may yeah. grieve. You may, you may be, it may be easier for you to yeah. just let him have it. JW is not some, he sees heaven differently than a lot of people see it. Yeah, When his mom went to heaven, he did not mourn for her because he felt like He had sort of already mourned in a way. Yeah. His dad has been different, but he still hasn't mourned like you might see somebody else mourn. Right. Like there's little moments for him, but he just has this revelation like we're all, you know, when you have Jesus in your heart, that's where we're going. I don't want to be sad because they're there and I'm not. Yeah. I miss that person. But so like a lot of times we compare ourselves in our journeys of how to get where we're going and it can become a hindrance to your healing because you're so focused on the process yeah so i feel like sometimes whenever and this is just personally just me because of experience and i feel like sometimes that when you start comparing yourself or when you start to look at the way that you might diet even yeah well that diet doesn't work (laughs) for me but that diet (laughs) works for her and you start to start to compare yourself You get so disappointed when it doesn't happen the way that happened for them. Right. And God's not wanting to do that. He's wanting to do something individually special, unique, one of a kind, because we are so one of a kind. And it's, I don't know, but it just feels like sometimes we really compare ourselves to the process and we miss the healing. Yeah. And he's like, I wanted to do that yesterday, but you kept hanging on it, and now it's become a distraction. That's so good that's good you know
2: I even think of just walking through this last season yes right share uh, about the last season got good news this week got oh, good yeah. news pet skin came back clear yes. celebrate with some cake tonight that's right um and so I actually really think about that through this last season you know like being diagnosed with ovarian cancer Um, And then, like, getting some organs removed, you know, that is going to prevent me from being able to have my own babies, right? Yeah. Um, And so, I actually have been stuck on the word barren, and I shared this with you. (laughs) Yes,
1: you did. Um, And you guys know, and if you don't know, if you're new to listening to this podcast, then history for me, I've got 14 babies in heaven, never given birth naturally. Been pregnant 14 times, just never given birth naturally. I am... Mama, because God is so good to um, elevate me to that status right. through the gift of adoption. Yeah. We have six children. Um, and so, uh, Jazz walking through the season, and obviously the world would say, Leanne, you're barren. You know, right. like your fruit tree's not very fertile. Right. And not. I'm like, I am fertile myrtle in the spirit, okay? And Jesus, yes. popping out all the babies. But it in the has spirit. taken me a while to get there. Yeah. And so here you are in the season, coming out of, you you know, you had ovarian cancer last year. Yeah. Walking through that, you did a lot of that on your own until people wouldn't let you do it on your own anymore.
2: Thank God for people. Find your people. People,
1: find your people.
2: That's right. Yes. Uh, But so when all of that went about, I really like thought I was barren and I actually didn't realize how much I thought I was barren until like I've been stuck on this word yeah um and so like for me like just really walking through the fact of like okay like this may not be what I thought my life would be like but God still produces fruit where we think that he doesn't Mm. And so just, you know, this year really allowing the barrenness to invite me into the secret place to him, like with him and like trusting him. But I was actually driving here today and I was still stuck on the word barren. And I was just like the most beautiful thing about being in a season that you feel like is barren, that you can call out and cry out to the father and that he is producing fruit in a way that you can't even see because you're so stuck on what you're going through in the moment Mm. you're so stuck on being barren and so just for me like it was an absolute hard season i mean when i when leanne finally said let me in to this season like i let you in of it like you've seen a lot of tears and heard a lot of i mean a lot of things we even
1: doubted you were even walking through some of this because that's how shut out Yeah. yeah it was like Okay, like, we need to have a talk, Jazz. Yes. Okay, we need to know what in the heck is going on here. Yeah,
2: it was was a season. And, like, that, I mean, that goes back to, like, my childhood, you know? Like, me, like, just shutting everything out, you know? Not letting anyone in. Like, having to do things on my own. And so, just going back. And you
1: are in this, you are successful (coughs) in business. Like, you're a successful woman. You know, like, you drive an hour and a half for church. You know, you're a servant. You have a heart to... Show up, yeah, and that's ins- an inspiration to anybody that would listen yeah. to this, you know. Like, it blows my mind. Some yeah. people won't drive five minutes to church, yeah. you know, and that says a lot about you, but it also says a lot about the church family,
2: yeah, and generations is- church, y'all. <laughs> we love them,
1: that's right. And so, you know, like, but you're you, you have so much to give,
2: yeah. Thanks, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Um, and so just realizing that. God is still with you in the barren and you are still producing fruit. And I know that like my child may not naturally come from me, but like the Lord knows what's going to happen. Like the Lord knows, like, and I even think, you know, you said like I go to church an hour and a half and just being in ministry, like preteen ministry, You know, and being able to watch like how me serving the Lord is growing fruit into them, Mm -hmm. you know, and just so seeing that fruit in just different aspects and not the way that we thought we should see it. Yeah. And so I think that's just a season that I'm walking through and like still to this moment, like there are very hard moments of this season. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still have flesh. And so I still have the emotions. And so just really casting them back. And we've talked about this yeah. surrendering and releasing in the moment. Mm-hmm. Just, in the moment. Yeah. In the moment. Do not wait. <laughs> <laughs> but in the moment of that and You know, I shared on Instagram yesterday, I just recently got a new tattoo that said I've witnessed it and just realizing how much beautifulness you witness, even in the middle of suffering. Yeah. And I think throughout this season, learning to that suffering births gratitude. If you want to allow it, you have to allow it to birth it. Yeah. And so I just think that's where I've been and like really like what I've been walking and
1: fruit. You don't just get love without joy. Yeah. Without peace, without patience, it's good. Without kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self control, you like you yeah. don't get one without the other. It's just fruit. Yeah. So you get all that in a bundle.
2: Yeah. And
1: I believe that God is doing something in the body of Christ, stirring the gifts up in the body. Yeah. Um, and I believe that it's it's really rising to the surface. You were raised in in a very open atmosphere where those gifts were just like let's operate in the gifts. Yeah. And so I think that you have so much to give because of the freedom that you're walking in now but you're also learning that there's order because not everybody walks that way. Right. You know? Absolutely. And so it, this is a new walk for you as yeah. far as being discipled, being mentored. And I've mentored Bert for 6 years. Yeah. But and I've mentored a lot of people, yeah. but it it's it will it not everybody is the same person you're not always going to be able to put everybody in the same box. Yeah. And I think that's a really, really neat thing because not every disciple was the same.
2: Yeah, you so know? good. You D- know, Peter different. wasn't
1: like Thomas, you know. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's really neat to see the difference in the body of Christ but coming together in Jesus' name. And it just bonds you in this unity. Um, as far as women go, yes. I, I, I really think it's important to talk about this because okay. I... I am so frustrated with the world because of this distorted image that they're trying to create from their own uh, distorted perspective of what they're saying women are. I I firmly believe that God would absolutely never um, tell a man that you're supposed to be a woman. Absolutely God not. doesn't get it wrong. I right. do believe people struggle with identity. Yeah. I do believe that there are really people out there that do that. I do believe also that there's a spirit that is rampant in America right now. And that's yeah. a mocking spirit.
2: Yeah. That's who, a good word.
1: I don't believe that a lot of these people are doing this because this was something birthed as a desire. I believe that this is a tension and that this is a mocking spirit. Yeah. That they're mocking the body of Christ. And yeah. so when you think about women who are uh called to do ministry to do life to be image bearers to reproduce and not just in the natural but in the supernatural yeah how would you encourage this generation
2: of women and how would you describe a woman yeah absolutely so i like when you said birth with a desire like you're right like no one is birthed with that desire the word says god created man And he created a woman. He didn't create nothing in between. Strictly man and woman. And so I just think, you know, one of the inspirations is to get in your word. That's right. Like, to be rooted in your word. Like, that is the foundation of your life. And if that is not the foundation of your life, you are going to be so quick to jump to chaos and confusion. And the enemy is going to be so quick to, like, isolate you in your mind and like I feel like that's one of his biggest techniques is like to just isolate the mind and so I think like I said get in your word and then go to people from understanding that's rooted in their word and so like discipleship mentorship pick up the phone call someone get off the social media like quit googling like all the things that you know aren't right but i think for women like what a time to be able to pick up your swords not like hide behind yeah. it but Come pick on. it up and go to war and go to the battlefield and i just think you know we were talking about like people saying how like they're scared for their children to be raised in this generation like the lord put them here for such a time as this yeah and so i just believe that you know what a beautiful time to be a woman. Yeah. What a beautiful time to rise up as sisters and as warriors for the ones that may be confused and to like go after and fight that. Yeah. Um, and then to just even realize, you know, I think as being like Christian women, like we have such an impact on the world like on the worldly things that are happening you put out a live feed the other day that was bold that most people wouldn't do Mm -hmm. like that most people can't even talk to amongst their family and like we need bold women Mm -hmm. in this generation like we don't need women that are just gonna like sit and be quiet like now is not the time to be quiet and so I say pick up your word yeah and use your voice
1: do you see a division in women in race because you're a black woman I'm a white woman. People think I'm your mom sometimes. Like it's so funny. <laughs> it's so uh, funny, yes. and it is. But it, it, it's so comforting too because yeah. that's what they see. Yeah. And it's like they—they they really, don't see no color. They don't see no color. And yeah. and that it, to me, like it 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 doesn't. It bothers me that it bothers other people because it yeah. doesn't bother me. Like you know yeah, what I mean. Like absolutely. I'm like I'm so unbothered. Like hashtag not obligated. Right to partner with confusion or chaos, yeah. Or, yeah. like. I don't know what your response would be. I love that your response for the last thing was get rooted in your word. Yeah. What are you rooted in? Yeah. And are you rooted in the social media? Are you rooted in the news? Are you rooted in a person, a place, or a thing? Like,
2: yeah.
1: If it's not God, reevaluate yourself. Right. Hashtag not Facts. obligated <laughs> to be up in that pot yes. and plant it over there yeah. in that corner. Yeah. Nothing you know?
2: good's going to birth from that. Uh
1: uh-uh. uh. No, the roots are going to get. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna get they gonna get to a place where they can't go nowhere. They can else. grow. They, they can it. Elevate. I'm telling <laughs> you what. But like as a, as a black woman, yeah, in a, you're in corporate world. Like you you work in corporate. Yes, <laughs> in the corporate scene, you're yeah. not some you're not just someone. I mean, for me, I'm I am a homeschool mama. Yeah, I'm in the public also. Yeah, in whether it's social media and dealing with different things. Yeah, but you're you're in it. In a different avenue. Yeah. You know, in a different system. There's so yeah. many systems in the world, the worldly systems, but you, do you see the effect? Do you see some of what we're seeing in the news? Do you see more of us than there are of them? Like, what do you see? And you how know, do you respond to that? Absolutely. How did you respond
2: to the BLM stuff? Like, what did that look like for you? Like, yeah. Did you? So, I mean, you know? Like, when the Black Lives Matter actually thing came about and like being black, like, I was just like, you know, it's we're making it way bigger than it is like that was truly my response to it like we are making this way more bigger than it is and like you know my family so diverse i have white aunts you know mixed cousins um and so to your point like who cares? Like, we're all just of Jesus, you know? But being in the corporate world, I will say, um, I work for Paul Mitchell. It's beautiful. Like, there are six schools. My owners, they're Christian. I love them. They attend Gateway Church. You know, John actually came into the office yesterday. We were talking about race. So this is funny that we're oh, having wow. this conversation because yeah, you I didn't know this shit. I haven't seen you, didn't call you. But we were talking about race, and he's a white man. And he was like, I don't understand it. And I said, John, like, I don't either. But there's not enough people that will rise up to it. Like, that will say, like, she's black, she's white, let's be friends, you know? (laughs) And so, like, in corporate, like, just, and I worked with Ulta before that and just did a lot of other things in the corporate world. And there are not enough, like, I cannot say this enough, there are not enough Christians in the workplace. And maybe there is, but maybe they're hiding.
1: That's so good. Yeah.
2: And so, like, for me, I carry my Bible, like, into my offices or it's into like different It's like squatters schools. in the body
1: of Christ. Yes. Squatting
2: in the buildings. Yes. Oh. Yes. And so, for me, like, how I just respond is, like, I've been so rooted in the Word here lately. And, like, you have really challenged me in that and, like, discipling me. And so, like, I always want my response to be in the Word, um, you know? And, like, it doesn't say that God saw color in the world, right? Like, but there, you ain't going to find that scripture no. in nowhere. It's not going to say... And on the fifth day, he made color. He didn't. That's not not what the world says. So So why do we see it? And Mm -hmm. so like just in corporate, like, and for anyone that works in corporate or for anyone that works anywhere, if you are a Christian, like rise up, like show that you're a Christian. Like if you claim to be like Christ, then be like him. Yeah. Like don't hide in the shadow of something else over the world. And so, yeah.
1: That is, that's so good. Yeah. Love it. He didn't say on the fifth day. (laughs) He created color. I love it. It's so good. I love that we get to have a sense of humor. Right? It's so good. They're not
2: laughing. I hope they are
1: laughing. (laughs) I don't know. That's a joy of the Lord. Right. I love it. I love that so much. Well, um, I know that you uh, are definitely on social media. So how can people get hooked up, follow you, Yes. and share a little bit about that?
2: yeah so i am on instagram it's a very simple they can just find me on jazz.p i'm on facebook jazz piggy it's not pijay when you see my name because it's p-i-g-g-e-e i I had a teacher say is your last name (laughs) pijay no sis it's piggy just just like the animal (laughs) and so you can find me there And then also, like, I mean, I love social media. I run social media for the church. I help you with your social media. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a passion of mine. Um, And so just find me. Say hi. Let's be friends. I love making new friends.
1: I think that everybody that ever meets you knows that. That you are definitely someone that can lead people in the direction to learn how to extend the hand. Be the friend. Be the voice. Be the hug. Be the heartbeat. And you challenge people to respond. And that's one thing that's very powerful and so I I love that we finally got to sit down there'll be definitely be more opportunities for us to expand on some more things because I truly believe that God is moving this ministry in a way where there's gonna be opportunity to disciple women in a in a capacity where we're doing it and it's going forth
2: yeah and
1: in a different way and I don't know exactly what that looks like right now but I do know that that you're definitely a part of that so We'll see what God's doing. Yeah. We're just gonna keep saying yes. Yes. We're gonna be Luke five and twelve or seventeen, whatever. I've been writing on my hand. She's (laughs) She's always writing on her hand. We're just gonna be waiting upon the presence of the Lord before we do it. And um, anyway, happy birthday.
2: Thanks, friend. I hope your day was awesome. It's been great. I got to hang out with you. And you're gonna have lots (laughs) of things. And I'm about to hang out with all my friends. That's right. All my people. So it's about to be good.
1: Okay, guys. You guys tune in. Respond If you've got questions, Um, I hope you heard the joy of the Lord on this podcast. And uh, we thank you for sharing. We will see you guys later in Jesus' name. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast or questions for Leanne, please check out her website at leanneheartministries.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-H-A-R-T ministries.com If you'd like to book Leanne you can do that for your services or event and you can go to bookings on leannehartministries.com Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with Leanne you can do that by reaching out on social media whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube as well as leannehartministries.com